the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Living on the Rock Radio with Pastor Israel Labson. Here you will hear teaching that will challenge you to a deeper walk with Jesus. Whatever place you are in your understanding of God's plan for your life, you will grow closer by listening. No shame, no guilt, and no condemnation. But you will be challenged to a closer walk with God. Now, here's Pastor Israel with today's teaching. And maybe, maybe some of us are struggling with our faith in God because we try to mold the Lord according to our own expectations. I tell you, if you have any doubts about who Jesus is, chances are you have been trying to mold him into the kind of Messiah that you expect, that you can accept. And look at what happening, what's happening in our big cities, in the city of Chicago especially. It boasts a large number of mega churches. Some of the best historical Christian churches are in Chicago. But by the end of this year, hundreds of people will die in violence in that street. And, 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 and replicate that in other big cities in our nation today. We boast a lot of, a lot of great Christian uh, organizations. And yet many will perish and live a life eternally separated from God because they haven't recognized the gospel. Is it the fault of the gospel? Absolutely not. The gospel is powerful. The gospel is the answer. The issue is people think and feel that there are other solutions other than God, what God has already given we find it hard to believe that a carpenter who went to the cross can actually save humanity. It's an unexpected gift that we reject. It's a gift that defies our expectations. Jesus doesn't seem to be enough. But listen very carefully to the promise. The Bible says that who received him, whoever received him, will be given the right to become the children of God. It's an unexpected gift. Jesus is an unexpected gift, but it's the only, he's the only gift that counts. Don't let your doubts lead to rejection of the gospel. John doubted, but he never rejected the Messiah. Now, there's a second dilemma that brought about this doubt in John and certainly in the people that beheld Jesus at the time and certainly even people today. Not only did he get an unpredictable answer to a prayer, he also discovered that this Messiah, this Jesus, had an uncommon active priority. An uncommon active 
priority. Look at the following verses again. When John, who was in prison, heard about the activities of the Messiah, he sent his disciples to ask him, are you the one who is to come or should we expect someone else? Jesus replied, and this is critical, go back and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. John asked Jesus a direct question. Are you the one or should we expect someone else? And it's amazing to me that Jesus doesn't hardly ever give a straight answer. He could have just said to John, yes, I am, John. Stop doubting. You've been, you've been reading the Old Testament. You know all those prophecies. There's hundreds of them. You know they all point to me. So just relax, John. I am the one. But Jesus didn't answer him that way. And, 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 and John clearly expected something else from Jesus. That's why he asked, are you the one or should we expect some, someone else? John, like all of us, probably expected Jesus to do something about what's going on. John expected the Messiah to be the Messiah who will get into the heart of a problem. And to John and to the people of his day, the heart of the problem is their Roman captivity, their economic situation under Rome, the, the, the Rome, the persecution that they're receiving. That's why everybody expected from the Savior to come and bail them out of that situation. That's the common sentiment of the entire nation. That's what they want to see happen. They had this, this common understanding that when the Messiah comes, he will deal with their problems. But Jesus had an uncommon active priority. He did not come to solve people's problems. He came to get rid of the sin problem in every person. He came for a different purpose. He didn't come to bail people out of their misery. He came to give them life by forgiving their sins, by restoring their relationship to God. Ravi Zacharias, and we do miss him, always said, Jesus did not come to make bad people good. He came to make dead people live. And that's exactly what Jesus came to do. He came to offer eternal salvation. And so when, when John asked him, are you, are you the one that we're expecting or should we expect somebody else? And Jesus answered him in a very peculiar way. He said to John, John, you don't believe that I'm the Messiah, but look at what I'm doing. He said this, the blind receive sight, the lame walk, the leprosy cleanse, Lep, the, the lepers were cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead rise, the poor were given hope. What is this teaching us? Jesus, by performing the things that he performed, the miracles that he performed, was pointing us not to the answers to our prayers, but he's pointing to himself as the answer. The point is simple. Jesus performed all of those grand miracles for the simple purpose of showing John and everybody else that he is the answer. He is not the Messiah that solves all our problems and answers all our questions. He is, in fact, the answer. And how do we know that? Because even though Jesus performed all of those miracles, we still have those problems. Okay? 
Jesus can perform a miracle by healing the blind, raising the dead, healing the sick, but we still all have them today. They haven't disappeared. What does that tell us? It tells us that Jesus had a different priority when he came. His priority is to offer redemption, reconciliation, reformation, and restoration. That's what Jesus came to do. Okay? And so, people in his day expected, oh, you know, he must be, he must be the Messiah that's going to bail us out of our problems. Look at what he can do. Look at all the things that he's able to do. But Jesus' priority is not to solve our problems. Jesus' priority is to save our soul. To save humanity from the penalty of sin. Jesus' priority is to show the gospel to people. And the miracles that he performed, he performed for the sole purpose of pointing us to him. To him as the answer. Because the world expects something different. And it's still true today. And it's certainly true with John. If there's one person that Jesus could have bailed out of jail, and if there's one person that John expected to bail him out, it would have been Jesus. He was in prison. He was awaiting execution. Jesus didn't do anything. He let John die in prison. Does that make Jesus some kind of a heartless person? No. But Jesus was saying is, I have come not to solve everybody's problems, but to be the solution to the one problem that humanity faces, and that is separation from God because of sin. That is the gospel. And there is no other gospel. Does that mean God doesn't heal miraculously? Of course he does. He's God. But that's not God's active priority. It wasn't Jesus' priority then. It was his, that wasn't his priority now. His priority is for us to call on his name and we will be saved. Only through the name of Jesus can we be forgiven. Only through the name of Jesus can, be, can we be redeemed. Only in the name of Jesus can we be reconciled with God because he is the answer. And his kingdom is not of this world. His kingdom is in heaven. And I personally believe all of the healings and the miracles that we see, that they saw then, that we see today, they all point to the fact that there is a heaven coming where there's no more sickness and there's no more death and there's no more pain and there's no more sorrow. But in this world, Jesus says, you will have trouble. Marvel not that you have troubles in this world, but take heart, I have overcome the world. The idea is to fix our eyes on Jesus, even though he's not what he ex- we expected or we don't expect the things that he does. He has a different active priority. And there's a final point here that leads us to the final point. Not only did uh, John receive an un- uh, you know, the answer to the prayer that, that, that he did not expect, that, that, that his priority about Jesus was different from what Jesus really did come and do, but thirdly, this Messiah promises an unconventional access to a promise. An unconventional conventional access to a promise. Look at verse 6. He says, 
John again says, are you the one who is to come or should we expect someone else? And Jesus again says, go back and report to John what you heard and see. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. Now he said these words in verse 6. Happy, blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. Now, John has been praying and prophesying for the promised Messiah. So were the entire nation. When he came, he was not what they expected. Again, they were expecting someone who was a commander, but they got a carpenter. They found out that his priority was not their priority. And they found out that he did not come to solve problems, but to save people. And finally, the promise is access in an unconventional way. In life, we expect blessings to come in package in packages wrapped up nicely with a ribbon tied around it. Okay. Then you discover that when you open that gift, it's not what you expect. Now, our relationship with God's blessing is the same way. Okay, uh, there is always a price to pay for the blessings of God. And it's not what many of us expect. We expect to just to receive blessing and not have to do anything about it. But loved ones, let me just tell you. Jesus came and Jesus says, I'm, I offer eternal salvation and you will be blessed and you will be receiving the blessing. But there is always a catch. I remember years ago, back in the 80s, early 80s, you know, I've always wanted a boombox. You know what a boombox is? It's a CD player. Okay, you know, they don't have them nowadays. But back in the day, you know, that's what everybody wanted. You know, not, not like today. You can download music and listen to them in your device, right? Back in those days, we download this boombox and we carry them over our shoulders and we walk in the mall. <laughs> Actually did that, okay? That's how we did it back then. And I've always wanted that, that boombox, but, uh, so, uh, but I didn't have the money to pay for it at the time. But a friend of mine, a friend of ours actually, uh, gave us this envelope. It's an invitation for us to attend this, this meeting. Okay? And he said, all you need to do is to attend the meeting and you'll get the boombox. All right? So <laughs> I wanted a boombox. I didn't want to pay for it. So what do I do? I have to go to this meeting. And I don't know if you've been in one of these meetings. It's one of these high-pressured sales meetings where they sell you these condos. And I didn't know. I was ignorant about that thing, you know. So I went over there. All I have in my mind is a boombox. That's all I was thinking. And I was only thinking about spending maybe half an hour, an hour in that. I spent a whole day listening. To this salesperson, try to say, I, I mean, look at the lobby. I, I can't afford a boombox. You want me to buy a condo? It makes no sense. But because of my, you know, eagerness to get that boombox, I sat in there. And boy, at the end of the day, you know, we got there at like, what, 9 o'clock? By 9 in the evening, I was ready to get my boombox. And I got the boombox plus a free trip to Hawaii, right? But I paid the price. <laughs> what a price to pay, okay? I'm telling you the same thing this morning, loved ones. I'm not going to lie to you. Being a Christian is not what you 
expect. It isn't an easy life. Now, I'm not trying to be negative, but the promised Messiah was a gift from God, and only those who received him will be blessed, find happiness, joy, and gladness. That's the promise. However, there is a catch. The blessing is accessible not to those who need him, but to those who want him. That's a catch. Everybody needs the Lord, but the ones who will receive the blessings are the one who wants the Lord. Many today could not accept Jesus for who he is because they want to keep molding him into the kind of king they want him to be. We want Jesus to simply be a justifier of our sin. But he's not just a justifier of our sin. He's a sanctifier of our soul. You and I are going to have to want to follow Jesus. And if we're still at a point where, you know, I need Jesus in my life. Like so many people, they come to Jesus because they have a need. I'm not saying you shouldn't come to Jesus because you have a need. But you know what? You're going to have to come to Jesus because you want to. That's how you get born again. Anybody can lose something in life and feel spiritual for a season. And when things get better, you know how many people don't even scratch the surface of their walk with God because they never really developed that love for the Lord. We want Jesus to be just, but he's also a judge. It matters how we live. Our motivation for accepting Jesus sometimes is just based on our expectation. But it has to be based on revelation. We need to receive Jesus as he was revealed to us in the world, in the word of God. That's why many do not believe unless they are shaken and rattled. In life, that's why so many believe because because some some problems, some issues come up, and then and they had they had this this seeming need. Believe me, I've been a pastor. I've, I've conducted visitations in hospitals and conducted funerals and have done so many of these things. And I and I and I it, the challenge is to get people to understand that that Jesus did not come simply to bail you out of that misery, to bail you out of that trouble. He came because he's the only hope you have and that he offers a new life, a life that's predisposed to loving him, to loving his name. Not because we're shaken by something else. I mean, you know, we, we've got to get past that, you know. Uh, I, let me share this story, and then I'll close, I promise. My wife and I had a huge argument this many years ago. I mean, it was bad. We did not intend to speak to each other for the whole day. And I even decided that I was going to sleep downstairs. And I did. I went to the couch. And you know, my habit, this is a bad habit of mine, to put me to sleep, I turn on the TV. And I turned on uh, TV, and then I'll doze on and off. I'll wake up, I'll show still on, I'll sleep, wake up, that type of thing. You do the same thing, right? But it happened to be that there was a scary movie being shown in there. 
And I was asleep for a few minutes there, and I, and I, and I opened my eyes. I just woke up just in time for the scariest part of that movie in the middle of the night. It was this hideous, ugly-looking monster on that screen. And I got chills running down my spine, and I turned off that TV. I went upstairs, opened our room, and she was still awake, and she asked me, what are you doing up here? And I said, I came here to forgive you. It's true. <laughs> it's amazing what we're going to be willing to do because we're scared or because we're doing something that we need, something that we, we have, have to have in life. But that's not how you come to faith in Jesus. And those of you watching, if you don't know Jesus, I, I, I got to tell you, it's not an easy life. It's not what you expect, but it is the only life that you need. Okay? Many in the day of Jesus thought they need a Savior. But Jesus didn't come simply, again, to bail us out. He came to bless. He came to give us a new life. He came to restore our relationship with God. He came so that we can have that love for God. Okay? Today, it's possible to need the Lord but not want, not want Him. You know, often we profess a faith because we want answers to our prayers, healing for our bodies, food to our table. But Jesus calls us to want Him, to follow Him, not just in times of trouble, but to follow Him to the cross, to pay the same price as He paid. We must want Him. When we are sick or dying, we must want Him. When we are well or dying, when we must want Him in times of prosperity and we want Him in times of poverty, we must want Him from Bethlehem to Calvary. That's what it means to receive that gift. Going back to my story, after three weeks off because of the holidays, we came back to work and I saw that trophy, that fake trophy again, sitting in there to remind me that this is a new year and the guy who gave it to me actually came to my desk and says, why haven't you used your gift? Didn't you like it? And before I could say something, he started peeling off that gold wrapper. And he said, I had this specially made for you. It's Belgian dark chocolate. My favorite. Because Einstein here <laughs> expected something that wasn't going to happen. I mean, I blew it. Those of you who know me, I, like, I love chocolate. And the guy says, I even have it specially made. It was a gift <laughs> that I didn't expect, but it turned out to be everything that I could ever want. And I'm saying the same thing to everybody this morning. All right? Jesus is not what you expect him to be, but Jesus is who you need in your life. Father, I thank you this morning for the privilege of being together in worship. We want to bless you. We want to thank you. We want to honor you. We know, God, that uh, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us for a while. He came full of grace and truth. 
and he came to offer us eternal salvation. The Jesus that we will be celebrating this Christmas is not a gift that the world expects. But to those of us who know you through the revelation of your word, we know that we have the right. We already been given the right to be called your children. And for that alone, it's worth all the celebrations that we can have in honor of what you have done. Lord, we just pray, O oh God, that as this pandemic surges on, as we begin to face uh, new challenges uh, this coming year, help us not look so much at what's going on on the outside, but help us realize that what you're doing in the inside of us, how you're revolutionizing the way we, we, we think and do and, 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 and approach and respond to things, that you are, in fact, and indeed leading us towards eternity. And that is the goal of this new birth, to be able to focus on the road to eternal life, an eternal life that we have now and that we are anticipating to have when this earthly life is over. Thank you, Lord, and we pray, O oh God, continually for your protection upon everyone as we deal uh, with, with, with this virus, as we deal with ev the everyday challenges we face in life. We trust you immensely, and we trust you completely. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You've been listening to Living on the Rock Radio with Pastor Israel Labson, a ministry of Living Rock Christian Church in Sunnyvale, California. If you have been helped by this radio program and would like to keep it on the air, your continued prayerful and financial support is greatly appreciated. Please visit livingontherockradio.com where all your tax-deductible gifts will go directly to the radio ministry. That's livingontherockradio.com. Living Rock is a church that doesn't care how you are dressed or what candidate you voted for. A church made up of imperfect people from all walks of life with a hunger and thirst to understand God's plan for our lives. No matter what you've been through or what questions you may have about God and faith, you will find love, grace, and hope at Living Rock Christian Church, 675 East Taylor Avenue in Sunnyvale, with Sunday worship starting at 1030 a.m. More information at livingontherockradio.com.